Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Creators, it's your old buddy John, and you have once again found the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am here, as always, with publisher Bob Hickey, editor Bill Nichols, and tonight we are continuing our talk about the future of comics by looking at print and print on demand. How you doing tonight, guys? Doing great, John. This is Bill. <laughs> doing good, John. It's Bob. So, um, I guess we should start out with, well, the traditional mm-hmm. print, where, where, where it all came from, where, how we are used to getting our comics, and how that's going to continue to change in the future. Well, I guess I'll pick it up, Bill, but you can bring in some of your store experience, too, here. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, as a publisher, you would either find a you find a publisher to publish your book, or you'd self-publish. And at that point, self-publishing, um, you would offer your comic through distributors, which over the for a while now, I guess past ten years, eight years, something like that, there's only been one, and that's Diamond. Um, so you would offer your book through Diamond. Well, in the past several years, Diamond's been downsizing their catalog, um, knocking out publishers that don't meet their their standards or their quotas so if you didn't meet their standard as far as production wise or their quotas it's sold enough then they would not carry your book um and and they have heavy heavy handedly been really thinning out the whole self-publishing end of the catalog and only picking up the cream of the crop um so it's really, really hard to go through Diamond and get yourself distributed through the stores. Now, there's a couple other um, small distributors, um, and I think Brant works for one or had done some stuff for one. What was the name of that company, John? That was Haven, and Haven. he still is part of Haven. Okay, cool, yeah. Um, so Haven had bought Cold Cuts, and I knew Cold Cuts back in the day. And Haven had picked it up. So they are a distributor out there who will still get, try to get your stuff out there. Don't expect to sell many because, unfortunately, Bill, you know how this is. Stores mm-hmm. are pretty set on the way they order stuff. They like simple sources. Did you, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the more places you had to go, either it would uh, cut into your discount with your main distributor or uh, – you know, it just it, it became a juggling act. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing we ran into is like if I was only ordering three or four books from like a a cold cuts, and by the time I pay the shipping, well, I had cover price into the books, and it's hard to keep a store open paying the cost of the product without opening the price of the book over cover cost. So um, that's one of the problems that that's really ran into over the past few years. Publishers have ran into. Um, the cool thing is that the, is the internet. 
and now that, that publishers can sell directly to uh, the customer. Um, but of course that means you're not going to need as many books on hand. What you'd be looking for. In the past you would look at a Quebecore. Uh, they're a Canadian printer that Marvel DC uses. Diamond Image. All those guys. They use Quebecore. A company like that. And But you had to order you know, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. And uh, to, to, to match their print runs. That's what it takes for them to turn on the press. Um, there's Brenner. They print a lot less. Um, but not a lot less. Still in the thousands. And um, they... They they had a good quality book. You know they did a lot of black and whites and they moved into color and they're still out there printing some uh, medium-sized publishing companies. Um, but now you've really got to look at print on demand. Yeah, back in the day, Brenner was the one you really heard a lot about mm -hmm. uh, as far as printing uh, for comic companies of all levels. So mm -hmm. um, I mean that's more. They're still out there, but as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, they are. I think they did a lot of Antarctic press, but they're both in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, Tennessee, no, Texas, I'm sorry. Um, they're the Brenner's in Texas, and um, Antarctic press is in Texas. So I know they used, Antarctic press used to do a lot of stuff with Brenner. Um, we, we used Brenner a lot early on in our publishing. Um, we moved to Quebecore. Um, they offered us better numbers. They had a local place at one time that they bought out, um, which meant my shipping cost was down. Um, so I've used small printers who quoted me a good price. But, you know, now we're looking at with the, now I'm going to touch on this a little bit, the digital end of things. How much does it need to be in print? Or is print now sort of part of your merchandising? You know, is print something that you – we all would like to get into stores and build our reship that way, but that's that's just going to be hard to do now. You don't have a cost-effective way to print your books, other small medium, and then build your readership. Um, I know Ringtail Cafe, they, they print small quantities of books. They go to conventions. They sell out. They build up a solid readership. They got people asking for the next issues and the next issues. But they're selling directly to the customer. And I think that's sort of where a lot of us is going to look at, yeah, we can sell these digitally to everybody, put them everywhere. But the print, we're going to have to sell at conventions, local stores, um, direct to uh, indie stores. There's still indie-friendly stores out there. Work directly with those, those who are used to. Um, working with small publishers that don't mind juggling a few dozen or many dozen sources for their merchandise. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be easier to get a trade out there than it is a comic right now. And, and the main reason is um, a, pub, a store owner can make more off the trade than he can the comic book when he buys it from you. I didn't want to stop you while sure. you were on a roll, but um, for for people who don't necessarily know, um, what's the difference between standard printing and print on demand? I mean, other than the obvious, you know, you print on demand, but right. uh, you know, 
maybe explain to people who aren't quite as knowledgeable what the difference is between the two of those. Well, standard printing is you go and you order thousands, and you get those books shipped to you, and then you distribute them to whoever ordered them from you. A print-on-demand, and the way I see print-on-demand is sort of two ways. There's print-on-demand where there's a service out there who has your book on their on their file on their server. Somebody comes in, they order the book, they actually print one copy of the book, they ship it out to that customer, and you get a percentage of that sale. Usually it's a very small percentage of the sale. But it is a way to get your book out there, and you know customers can order it. And usually they're fast turnaround. The service and the printers out there have gotten better and better all the time. Um, I know there's Lulu. Um, there's Lightning Source. There's a couple of them out there that will do that. Um, and then there's guys like Kablam, who you go to as a publisher and says, I need 25 copies of this to take to the show. And, and I still call that sort of print-on-demand because you're asking for 25 copies. And you, right. you're not going to get a great price. You're going to pay 3 bucks or better for those. That's almost retail. So you're going to have to ask 4 or $5 for your book. But that's not a bad thing considering... Look at the few amount quantities published of your book. So, you know, if you can build your readership, they don't mind paying it. If they enjoy the artwork, enjoy the story, um, they don't mind paying that that price for it. So, you know, I, I'm sure Kablam will do a lot more 25. You know, they'll do in the hundreds. But And there's a couple other ones out there that will do that. Just get on Google and search it. But a print-on-man will do a short run from one to, you know, a few hundred. And a, a standard printer like Quebecore or Brenner, they want to print thousands because they'll run it on a press or a digital, a digital uh, litho. And before they can fire up something like that, they got to make sure they're selling thousands. So that's the biggest difference is, the, you know, turnaround about same on both, if I understand right. Um, on, of course, print on demand, it ships directly to the customer, so you never have to handle it. Um, usually those turnarounds are a couple of days. Um, standard, probably Kablam, I would say probably a couple of weeks to turn it around. And then you would have like Brenner, which there again, usually they can turn around or Quebecar turn around something in a couple of weeks if it's scheduled. Those those big printers, you got to get in with them, get accounts set up, and then schedule your books and make sure you hit your schedule with them. How's that? But... Um well, quality-wise, you mean? In? Yeah. Quality-wise. Yeah. Quality-wise. All right. I sorry. <laughs> I decided I too much of a printer inside of me, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, quality-wise, not a whole lot of difference. Um, anymore. Um, with the newest pr um, laser printers and uh, digital printers that the print-on-demand guys are using, they're beautiful. I mean, if you've seen some of the uh, Ringtail Cafe books that we've produced in the past couple months. Um, they look like anything that Quebecor or Brenner would have put out. You know, glossy covers, slick color. So, um, not, a, not a whole lot of difference. If anything, maybe even the print-on-demand has better quality control, unlike the original four-color printing. So, um, might be a little bit more vibrant. But you're going to pay a lot more for them per piece. So, right. Yeah. How about you, Bill? Got anything to say? Uh, well, while you're <laughs> no, 
No. You were, okay. Uh, you were on a roll. <laughs> As you were talking, I was thinking of there are other alternate uh, ways of getting your your stuff printed too. I was thinking back in the day when a friend of mine locally here, uh, the, the local newspaper prints like a magazine supplement and some other stuff, and he had his comic printed there, um, and it wasn't a bad quality. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a lot, but I mean he. Went through Diamond and uh, Johnny. Remember Kevin Hill? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robot Boy or something like that, and uh, yeah, a couple other like things. It. it was his own projects, and um, but there are other, you know, even magazine publishers here, I guess, in the region, and uh, those. There, if you look, you may find other alternate things that you wouldn't think before, because for some of them. Some of these places, this opens up a new, uh, you know, maybe a new market for them that they didn't, you know, even see before because that's not, you know, in their world. But, um, yeah, that's that hit me when you were talking about about printers, which really just, yeah, right. something to think about. I mean, there, there are options, and that's really what we're talking about is options there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, Kevin. I'm impressed that he he went that route because I wouldn't have thought about again using that the local newspaper, um, but they do a lot of printing and a lot of ads and all that stuff. So really, it does. It's just a matter of format. Right. So I can remember, I used the local newspaper company once. They were small, like ad. They did like ads and stuff like that. And, I mean, they had a printing press that was, you know, bigger than my house, tall and lengthwise. It was huge. But um, the very first book I ever published was printed by them. Of course, the cover was exactly the same stock as the interior. It didn't have the glossy cover. And But I remember we sold something like 30,000 copies of that. And I can remember the delivery truck showing up in front of my, my wife and I was living at the apartment at the time, a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> And you get 30,000 comics delivered. It took up the dining room, the living room, and half the kitchen. Then I had to repack them all and send them off to all the distributors, which we had several back then. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And, and that's another thing is, you know, investing the money. I mean, anybody can go out and order 5,000 comics. As long as you get the money, pay for them. They're yours. Right. But what are you going to do with them? I mean, if are you going to use them as... Um, are you going to sell them, which you would like to do, or are they promotional materials? Something that we're talking about doing is like with Skystorm doing a um, who's who type thing to give away during the year. Um, mm-hmm. That would have character bios, story synopsis, and you know some short stories, maybe a couple of exclusive things in it. But something we can hand out at cons and at appearances and signings to uh, get people excited about our books. But, you know, we have several titles. You know, we have eight or nine titles we plan on launching over the next 24 months or relaunching. So there's a reason to do a whole book or a whole who's who to, 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 to draw interest on something like that. If you're going to do one title and do it yourself, then, yeah, you might get around doing a, you know, maybe only do a 12-page book. That's another thing. Do you really need to do 32-page or 24-page? Maybe do 12-page or or 16 page if you have to do them in eight signatures. So, um, something to think about is size of your books. 
But I, you know, I think print comics. I know as much as I talk about digital, and everybody gets on me about it. Print comics gonna be around for a long time. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, not hopefully. We see it. It's just really slow, and I don't know how we gauge this. But by getting digitals out there, I think we're going to hook in more people into buying our trades. They're going to get sampling. Well, Girl Genius is a perfect example. I always go back to it. He tried it in print. It failed. He started giving it away on the Internet three days a week, and he can't keep his trades in print now. So that shows you. And he just recently went back to print with all his hardcovers because he's got so many new, I'm one of them, new collectors. And there, who didn't grab the first three hardcovers? I grabbed. I started with the fourth trade. Um, so there's a huge demand for his stuff, and he's building his readership. He's giving away three days a week online. He's using the internet. Um, but you know, his print and that's where his merchandising. You know, his trades really are his merchandise, and and he's doing well at it, doing very well. You know, Phil, right, Bill? Yep. And you did some work with him. Uh, t- yeah, I talked about inking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something of his way back in the day. But yeah, so I mean that's that's print is definitely going to be around for a long time. I, is it going to move away from monthlies in the trades? Most likely. Most likely will. Just like um, yes, sir. No, I was about to say. What do you say to people who say, "Well, I've got a pretty good printer at home. Why can't I just print it on that?" You know. Sit down and add up what's that going to cost you in cartridges. Mm. Yeah, have you bought ink cartridges lately? Yeah, unfortunately yeah. I did. <laughs> the ink cartridges cost more than the printers. Um, True. And they are, they're right. There's some, hey, I just got a nice Epson printer in at the office. It's beautiful. And I got it to, uh, Bill, you got those pages from me? Yep. Have you inked on them? Nope. Oh, get to work. Nah. Um getting there i uh, i bought it to print out um non-photo blue pencils onto strathmore blue line strathmore pages to ink when i didn't have the hands on the originals and uh but i, I ran some color prints off of it recently for clayswaycom and oh my gosh is beautiful wow so yeah but the cost <laughs> of doing those are tremendous so there's no way right. i could print a whole book but, I mean, if you have access to a, a full-color laser copier, go to town. Just break your cost point down. If you got one, offer the service up to some of your friends. I mean, you can use a Kinko's. they got great systems, but it's a lot of hands-on. If you want to do the stapling and, and the trimming and getting it all set up, hey, always keep your hands in it as much as possible. So it it's a lot cost. easier to... Yeah, so it's a lot easier to send it off to someone else. It's easier to call Kablam, and they're not even paying us for these free ads here. Yeah. And uh, send them yeah, a PDF of your book and let them tear it apart, set it up, print it, send it to you, and you're done. Yeah, much easier. And you spend your time creating the next issue. But not me. <laughs> Owning a printing company, I seem to want to be involved in all ends of it. So. Yes, you do. Yes. Such is life. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a future for print. Don't think because the last time we discussed it, uh, we got heavily in the digital. I'm excited about digital. I got so excited about digital that we had brought up that pan digital reader, John. Mm-hmm. I ordered yeah. one. It'll be here Wednesday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Be here Wednesday, so next time you're up, we can play with it. 
I'm going to mess around with them, putting some digital comics on it. Oh, cool. But um, definitely, I'm excited, just as excited about working on tweaking the new Clay'sWay.com print comic. Because here's a project that's strictly digital. It's given away free online. Now I'm really excited about getting something printed with it, you know. So uh, I keep tweaking and tweaking it. I told I told the guys I'd have it wrapped up by Friday. Whatever we're going to do is going to be done at that point. So we're going to be printing up next week. I might do a signing at the old store or something with it. But yeah, I mean, print's cool. Um, it's definitely, most of us come into this wanting to do print. Not all of us anymore, but most of us. Um, it's sort of disappointing when you can't because of diamond limitabilities. You know, go out and find Haven. Go out, you know, there's other small distributors out there who will buy your books and take around and sell them or offer them to stores in their area. Um, definitely, it's, it's part of your merchandising for your property, for your project. Print is. Yeah. It's got to be. It's a lot easier to, you know, to put up on the wall too. Yep. Yep. Or if you're having a store signing, uh-huh. you can. Yeah. You know, it's hard to, you know. Hard to yeah, sign that digital to, page. Yep. I'll, I'll write on your screen. Yeah. Can you bring your iPad over here? I'll use a sharpie. Or you know, just sit there and wait. Wait a minute. It'll print out. Yep. Hang on. Ooh no. Okay. There you go. Okay. Next. Wait five minutes. It'll print. Right. You know, and just estimate, you know, I think Darren and, and Ringtail, they know how to show 25, 50 copies is good for them for when they do some, you know, their type of show. Um, they usually sell out. So, you know, look at a show, think how many people are going to be at a show and judge what you're going to need. You don't want to invest a lot. You know, you don't want to buy 50 and sell one. Truthfully, at the beginning, you truly don't know. But that's why you use the net. And you build your website and you build a readership. And then you sort of know, hey, I'm going to be at this show. And you get a feel of who's going to be there so you know how many to have at that point in time. Print is going to be here until us old folks die. When my, when my youngin is taken off, read nothing but digitally. I think if for nothing else, print will hang around for the nostalgia. You know, even, even when we're... You know, even after our ashes have already been mixed in with the ink <laughs> to make another comic, I'm sure uh, I'm sure that print will still be around just because people people like it. You yeah. know, even even some young kids have been all about the being able to touch it. Well, Bo Smith and I had this conversation is that up until this point, everything was printed in the thousands. And this point, I mean, the past few years. Right, yeah. Are we truly creating collectibles at this point? Small run collectibles? Are these what we're, I mean, in five years, you know, when Clayways won first printing, you know, only had a print run of 100 copies, is that a true collectible? How's that going to be cataloged somewhere? I know, or, or if, it, if it gets bigger and bigger, bigger and builds a big readership, or some people are going to be looking for those 100 copies. You know what I mean? So yeah. really look at every time, not, you know, print on demands. You can print the exact same thing, boom, 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 never tell a difference. But say, you know what, I'm going to print 500 copies of this or 100 copies of this with a red logo. And I'm going to say that was the first 100, even if I print them 10 at a time. Next one, change it to blue logo. Are we creating collectibles 
for future collectability of this market, you know? Um, you know, even Marvel DC, they're printing some of the lowest run comics ever. And there's a lot of com there's some comic dealers out there banking on that. That for imprint this is this is the lowest runs that they've ever had. Of course there's a pretty small readership out there right now too. But I think that's gonna really grow with the digital end. But so yeah, you know. Are we creating future collectibles? I don't know. I worked on the StormQuest comics today, formatting them, setting them up digitally again. Um, I saved everything for print because I think I'm going to run a print run, a fresh print run of one through six, and take them to shows with me. Fresh covers, just to have them. And then I think we'll, we'll offer a trade, a printed trade out next summer, just to have the merchandise. So, yeah, uh, there's a market out there. Just got to find it. Imprint. And I'm the only one left on this podcast. No, we're right. here. We're just letting right. you roll with it. All right, Bill. Yeah. You had a store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, small guys. I know you had sort of an indie-friendly store there. Yep. Um, would you guys buy directly from publishers or... Did you all use uh, smaller publishers like coal, or distributors like Cold Cuts, or, or was it strictly Diamond? And I think back then you probably had Capital still, didn't you? Uh, we came in right at the end of Capital. Did you? Uh, okay. We we did some. We did split it with Capital there for a while. Uh huh. Uh, a lot of it because Capital had some different things, and they had remainders, and uh, of course then they closed and. We went to the big closeout liquidation thing. Right. But uh, if – okay, the tick. There you go. Uh-huh. I like the tick, and I was so, you know, I was so impressed with number one that I wanted our store, our, our, our readers, I mean our uh, customers to have, to, to, you know, to have that available. So I ordered directly from New England Comics. Uh-huh. And uh, – it seems like a couple of the smaller. I liked having things that were from Kentucky, right? You know, that was sort of a, I don't know, support. Even though maybe they were in Lexington or Bowling Green or wherever, and uh, it seems like a couple of times we got a few copies from, you know, whoever it was, and I think they would sign, you know, the covers and stuff. But uh, there's a coolness of there. Uh huh. You know, I, I like things that are clever, and I like things that are cool. And that's cool, you know, especially if you're a publisher and somebody has, um, you know, shown an interest in your book or supporting your book or wants your book for their store, for their readers. Um, that's going a little extra step, and that was, like I said, that was cool. Uh, or if you if you had other things going on or other things coming up, then that was sort of a pipeline into that, that market, that maybe that local market there and, uh, maybe draw them in. But, uh, I can think of a local, not, well, maybe not local, but he's a regional story. And Scotty Watson and I were talking about this. Um, uh, Scotty's an artist. He's doing things with red hand studios, mm -hmm. uh, Carrie Kelly. And, uh, Scotty and I just met last year, but we know the same people. You know, we have some of the same stories, but it's it's 
the same story from two different viewpoints in a way. Right. Um, I would start something. He'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. And he would say something. And then we would go back and forth. And uh, there was a, a guy that uh, had an opportunity to publish his own comics. And uh, he printed – his dad had a printing company. And he printed his own comics. And I thought, this is a – this would be so cool if you had this opportunity. But to me, he wasted that opportunity uh, with the things that he did. So I wrote him a letter, and uh, he somehow found out, found my number, and uh, called me <laughs> and talked for like an hour. And basically, it was all a justification of you know all the the points that I made, just trying to make his his product better instead of giving away these promotional. Uh, he was offering like 500 bucks for uh, character design and some other things. To me, he could have used that that money or whatever to improve his book, you know, reinvest into his book and stuff. But uh, and there were a few other quips and quibbles and and things like that. And all, he he just spent the whole conversation justifying it. But he didn't last very long because you know his dad did have a publishing. A printing company, and he did have access to the stuff, but the the uh, you know the substance wasn't there, and uh, but still, you know, we I think we had had that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure actually. I think we got 25 copies of his book just because he was local uh, or semi-local. He was from uh, southern southern Indiana, but still, to me, that was close enough. I mean, we like Vital Man. Uh huh. And, and a few other things, you know, we had bottom in the store, right? And uh, Florence wasn't, you know, that far away, right? So, well, I remember doing a signing down there. I can't remember what book it was for. I don't know. That was Matt's store, wasn't it? Yep, Matt's store. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah. I don't remember. I think maybe Blood and Roses, probably. Yeah. Blood and Roses, maybe Stormquest at that point. I'm not sure. No, no, Stormquest wasn't there out yet. Blood and Roses. But, uh, or Dead Kid, I think we were, had done Dead Kid too. But, um, I don't, if you have something physical, uh, uh, yes, you can display it. Yes, you can sign it. Yes, you can have it. And we talked before about having something in your hands. And whether it's a single copy, which, you know, you're not going to see as many. Um, just for the, you know, we've talked about uh, printing costs and all that, storage anymore, availability anymore. You can pull stuff up online and, and read it. But I like having a bookshelf that has books on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want a bookshelf with a bunch of computer discs on it. <laughs> you won't. You know, well, not even so, discs anymore. Nope. Yeah, it's right. all exactly. A little cards and. You won't even have that. Well, you'll have chips, chips, or terabyte drives that you have just filled up with stuff. Or you'll have your main computer in your house, and you'll just get online. You'll just get on with your tablet and download off of it directly, wireless. Yeah, probably. So everything will be stored on your main computer, and you just have your tablet to read off of. Like, It'll be hardwired into your brain like in the Matrix. Right. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. But, you know, I, I mean, we, uh, even for people who say, you know, they don't like clutter, they or they're trying to simplify their life or get 
rid of stuff, you know. Even people like that still like to have artifacts. Mm -hmm. And comics are kind of an artifact, you know. It's it's in its own way a little tiny history book, I guess, you know. It sort of shows what was going on at that particular time. Um, you know, what people's ideas were, so uh, you know, this may be getting, this may be venturing a little into the philosophical here, but uh, <laughs> you're past me. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think uh, I, you know, I think that's the reason why there will always be some sort of print because people just want stuff. You know, they well, there's even a, if they there's a reason we still have money. Yeah, people want cash. They want dollar bills. They want coins. Is there a difference between that and using a debit card? Not really. I can only think of one place that I go to on a weekly basis that will not take a credit card or debit card. It's an it's a restaurant that's way out in the sticks that I eat on Friday mornings with a friend and they'll take a check or cash. So anywhere else you can use debit. But there's a reason that, that the U.S. hasn't done away with paper money. And part of it is, one, we want to see it. We want to feel it. We want to know what we have. Two, second part of that is the collectability of money. How much of that gets taken off the market when they do a new coin or dollar bill? This increases the revenue for the United States. So, same way with comics. People want the collectability of them. And like you said, they want to hold it. They want to feel it. They want to read it. They want to flip through the pages. But the collectability of first runs, first printings, alternate covers, all that stuff. So, Yeah, that's definitely happening. I mean, I no. saw, I think it was a 10 the other day that looks like uh, your son had colored it. Oh, yeah, the colored ones? Yeah. They're weird. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Yeah. Did someone put marker all over this? But, yeah, yeah it was just, uh, it's really strange. So, you know, just regular old boring green money uh, may be on the way out. Yeah. Trying to make yeah, flexibility. Counterf counterfeiting. And, yeah, uh, I guess so it makes it harder to counterfeit. But, it does. You know. I, I like shows about that stuff, so. Well, what brought it up to me is that I was away this weekend for the new year. And I saw this stupid ad for the $2 bill. Oh, and, me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it had the national, I don't know, force or something. Right. Yeah. I don't know. You know, and you pay $35 for this $2 bill. Um, so, yeah, it got me thinking about collectability money. And just like I know my brother, every time they popped out one of those quarters, those state quarters, man, yeah. he grabbed five or ten of those off the market. Same thing with the nickels. So... Yeah, yeah, my father-in-law was like that. He he had saved a bunch of $2 bills and, you know, a bunch of those state quarters and stuff. And uh, my wife and I took those and a bunch of other coins he had saved to one of those appraisal places. And those $2 bills were worth exactly $2. Yes, they are. Didn't matter how old they were. Yep. Nothing special about them. Nope. Nope. You got to get pretty old, or you got to get certain mints and certain short runs. But this is a podcast about comics, not money. Yeah, but the well, yeah, same we've got concept kind of is that people want to feel, touch, and handle it, and right. that's why print's going to stay alive for a while. 
Um, it's just going to change how, as publishers and creators, we get our books out there. And, you know, through either mass printing or through uh, print-on-demand places like Kabloom. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think, I know Blue Line is doing print-on-demand for trading cards, postcards, and posters. I think he's working out a deal on the comic end. So, there again, uh, you might drop them a note at cs at bluelinepro.com. Get them to quote you out a, a price. Um, so, But I know they're doing the trading cards and the postcards and, and the posters. So. Maybe if you bag them really nicely, they yeah, can work out a... I'm sure. Just getting all the details work out worked out. So. Yep. But yeah, I mean, print's going to be around for a while, just like digital is going to grow. Um, digital is going to bring more people back into print for a while. So. There we have it. <laughs> yes. There we do. And this is quite a spill. It's been in a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about creating so much. We're talking about, you know, printing. and. Yeah, I know. You know, stuff like Bill that. Bill don't do there. the stinking business. He's an artiste. He's an artiste. Mm-hmm. Sure I am. You better be. We'll make him talk about inking. That's right. One week. Okay, well, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, a lot of the business stuff. I mean, it's, it's like my comic shop is twenty years removed and mm-hmm. and all that. But it's a I mean, different you get, world. When you, yeah, it, it is. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of it. I'm. I could, I can talk about back in the day, but really, it was a lot simpler in a way then than it is now. But when you start start talking about, you know, creating and stuff that we normally talk about in sketch magazine and that kind of thing then yeah well I mean, mentoring you know I wouldn't shut up about that stuff right 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 that sounds like a segue hmm. into what's happening on comics mentor this week so bill what's uh, happening on comics mentor this week gee <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff about you know encouragement and actually let me pull it up because my days run together like everybody else's right but we're at the end of the year, and part of it is that if you've made goals that you didn't meet in the last 365 days, I mean, don't sweat it. You've got, you know, 365 more, and then, you know, even more beyond that. It's okay to set goals, and if you didn't make all of them, that's okay. I, I don't make them. I don't – I mean, everybody – but there are some people who get so twisted – uh, inside because they didn't match their output maybe of you know 2009 or whatever or things didn't happen things didn't fall into place or the market's down that kind of thing mm-hmm. it's it's a brand new year so if if nothing else change your mindset into a more positive outlook for what's coming up because every day is a new day and every hour is a new hour that you can you can change your whole day minute to minute if you have a crappy morning you can have a great afternoon but it's it's how you treat it and how you look at it and how you approach it and that's the way this year is going to be you know whatever you did last year if you had a great year that's awesome 
I hope you have an even greater year. And that's the point is, you know, look, look to the positive. Don't think, Oh, uh, you know, it's another day that, you know, I got out of bed. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So mostly it's just encouragement about not giving in to those, uh, darker, uh, times with, you know, artistic people had that with, you know, the mood swings or the, you know, the, the expectations not being met or whatever sometimes. And, or this piece of art, it didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. So look at the new year with a, uh, a sense of optimism. You know, open your eyes to maybe not even just things that you've thought about doing last year, but there may be more things out there that you never even considered, just like we talked about uh, other options with printing and stuff. So that's been the last week pretty much. Um, I'm, I know that I'm looking at this here, and again, as I say many times before, I don't just throw this stuff out there for everybody else and go, well, you know, it's good enough for you, but you know, I'm above that. That's not true. I write it for me first. Then, if somebody else, you know, if it if it resonates with somebody else, then then I am uh, blessed more or less, you know. Because it's helping somebody else, but it's shot at me first, and you know if somebody else gets residual energy from that, then cool. So that's been a lot of it, and um, <clears throat> I had a uh, somebody I worked with passed away last week, and that's been a, a cause of reflection. I mean, he's been sick for that we've known him for over a year or so. Um, anytime that happens, it's always a time to look back and maybe to look forward. So those two things, uh, in tandem, uh, have really set the, the tone for comics mentor for this, probably not just this last week, but maybe the few weeks, you know, upcoming. Mm-hmm. So, so that's most of it. Cool. We were talking about goals. I think we did a podcast back that we talked about when you don't meet your goals, reevaluate them, reset them, and attempt it again. And then mm-hmm. if you don't reach where you were at, do the same thing over until you adjust your goals to fit your lifestyle. I mean, we all want to ink a page a day or draw a page a day. Can we realistically do that and have the day job? No. I mean, well, maybe John Byrne can, but most of us aren't John Byrne. So, um, you know. Definitely, you know, I see the new year, a lot of people set their goals. This is what I'm going to do, you know, and this is how it's going to happen. Do that, but then realistically back it down and say, okay, what do I have to do every day to achieve that goal? And when you don't meet that, say, okay, now what do I have to modify to reach that goal? And constantly be working on your goal setting. I know myself is I juggle many different things. Surprise, surprise, right? I've decided certain days I work my first task and then my second task. And I'm trying to divide up projects that way so that things continue to move on with the projects that are in the works and the new ones get into line and start getting worked on. So, um, now, like today I was working on the um, Skystorm properties. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like definitely goal setting. Modify it. Reflect back. 
Make comics, damn it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Go yeah. to Blue Line Pro, buy a <laughs> bunch of comic book paper. That's right. Or sketch paper, all that stuff. There's a ton of stuff on there. That's right. And go to it. Make comics. I'm just saying. Yeah, just happen to say. No yeah. excuse. You got all that money for Christmas. It's just sitting there. Right. <laughs> go spend it. Um, how's the contest wrapping up, Bill? Uh, they got to, I think, the end of this month. I, I would look on the the forum to find out, but right, right now it's now we so server problems. The but server is down. Right, and with that, John can't give us an update, but we will be doing another podcast the next couple of days to get back on schedule. So we'll update everybody with that one. True. I do with... want to. Uh, I do want to put a little challenge out since I can't tell people what's on there right now. Um, I can assure you there is plenty of tutorial goodness on there but i want to put a little challenge out to our listeners um i don't know if people realize the uh effort that goes into doing the sketch blog but it requires a great deal of hunting on my part so i want people to make my life a little easier (laughs) i want you to start sending me some uh some links to tutorials that you really like uh, preferably YouTube, but I can also do uh, pretty much anything that allows me to embed video. Or I can do within limits some text tutorials. So if you, our listeners, have a tutorial that you are particularly fond of, uh, would like to share with the other listeners, or if you yourself are making tutorials, that would be even better. Uh, if you're making tutorials, let me know at john at sketchmagazine.net. Um, or you can send it to the uh, all of us in the podcast. Podcast at sketchmagazine.net. Uh, right, the podcast at sketchmagazine.net email. Uh, either way, both will get to me. And um, I'll check them out. And generally, my criteria for tutorials is that they are actually teaching something. And that it's not overrun with a lot of background music. Um, or music that's pretty much overlying the tutorial. But if uh, anybody has one they particularly like, please uh, make my job easier. Send it, send me those links and I'll be glad to run them. Cool. And, con- and getting back, yeah, sorry, getting back to the Despicable Me, that's the contest that's running. I, I actually posted it on comics mentor too but uh they have till the end of january january 31st uh to draw their favorite super villain doing something heroic and you can go to the comics mentor and find the post and there's a thread for that on uh, comic related the forum there do they get extra points if they draw those little yellow things in there <laughs> I love those things. I haven't actually seen the movie. Especially I've only the seen one the commercials. Eye. Oh, I've seen it three times now. It's great. Clay absolutely loves it. So, but yeah, those little yellow things look cute. They are cool. Minions. The min- minions. Yeah, that's what they're called. Minions. But um, well, cool. Um, I know Bill have asked me, and uh, and I've gotten some emails. Um, usually in the spring we do the sketch card for cancer benefit. Um, with changes and stuff going on with Blue Line and everything, we're going to roll back to a fall. 
Um, so it'd be more like this fall, our next event. So give us time to get everything together and figure out how we're going to handle it in interior. Um, so, you know, still, you know, be thinking about doing sketch cards. We all appreciate it. Uh, you know, we donate to American Cancer Society, but it will be this fall. As soon as I have a date set, we will announce it. Yeah, yeah I actually have a couple of sketch cards that Willie Peppers did. Mm -hmm. um, he got it. He did them late last year, just after the. Okay. The other, but there's nothing to say that you can't, you know, be doing some some cards or teaming up with me on some cards because I'll ink some cards. I will do it. Oh no. You know, yeah. So. Uh, Don't tempt him. He'll do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I love that's that's the, the you know that's a cool thing for me. Yeah, inking all those people. Yeah, just consider this extra time to make more cards. That's right. The more cards, the better. So we will be doing the auction of the benefit. We've just got to get everything in place on our end. Um, it's it's a I know it's it's a chore and you know it's a labor of love for you, and for us to put in thousands of sketch cards, prep them for eBay. Get the auction to, the runoff, get the auction to come off at the same time, and then ship them all. It's a massive undertaking, and um, I've just got to uh, make sure. I mean, last year we were here with, we were here at my house with five laptops. It looked like we were running a bookie service, <laughs> um, all jamming on the cards, getting them wrapped up so we could get all the auctions up there at the last minute. So. Um, definitely, you know, we're playing ahead, give ourselves plenty of time, have a cutoff point, but we will roll it back to this fall, I think. And, uh, and we should reiterate that nobody at Sketch or Blue Line or anybody that works on behind the scenes makes a dime yeah. off this thing. Every dime goes to the American Cancer Society. So Every dime that it profits, Blue Line right. Donates, and this is why it's got to be right, organized. Right. Donates um, employee times. They donate to sketch cards. They donate to packing materials to ship them. Um, I mean, everything that's involved in handling these cards when they leave you is is donated by Blue Line and at no charge. They they you know they suck up the cost and and make it. So yeah, it's definitely. And I say Blue Line's them. I'm I'm definitely half a Blue Line, but. You know, the business in is Mike and that. So they figure out how to cover the cost and they get it out there. So, yeah, every dime made off of a card goes to American Cancer Society. That is not – so, yeah, it's, it's a great cause. You know, my wife and I really appreciate it. My wife had cancer. That sort of was contributed to her the first year. So um, definitely something that's close to us. We want to continue it. I've just got to make sure we can handle the massive amount of work that it takes to get it done properly. So. And we will. We will get it together. It will just be a fall event this year. That means we can promote it all summer at shows and everything. So, But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're interested in doing it, you want to go ahead and request sketch cards, please do. You know, drop us a line here at podcastsketchmagazine.net or drop them a line at cs at bluelinepro.com and they'll get you the sketch cards out. Be happy to. So. I think the website is comicsforcures.com. Yeah, so I'm not too sure it was been updated because there have been so many changes to Blue Line over the past six months that I'm not. And last year, Bill, you asked me, and it's right around $5,000 that we were able to donate to American Cancer Society. I don't have the exact number on me, but 
it was again very very well done very well not too shabby but we do appreciate it. i do really appreciate something that i had you know we come up with this thinking that we would get a few hundred cards and you know be able to make a small donation to american cancer society and every year it's been thousands of dollars so it's it's been a great thing definitely so and we will discuss it as we get closer to the event but yeah that'll I, be a whole podcast yeah and i'll talk about how cool it is to ink joe staten <laughs> and yeah. everybody else yeah yeah to joe for some new cards this year oh i will yeah and I'll talk about how I didn't get to ink Dick Giordano. Yeah, there. You're gonna bring that up every time, aren't you? That's not your fault. There you uh, go. There's our sent, next podcast. Sent up to you, and then there was just, by that time there was, I think there was 1,200 cards at that point. I so, well, I didn't so realize how sick Dick was too. No, none of us did. I mean, they were ordering supplies up for him through Blue Line up to a couple months before he passed away. So he was working up until he just yeah, got too sick. Yeah. Because I would trade emails with him and. Mm-hmm. He said, did you get my cards? Uh, no, where'd you send them? Yeah, send them straight to you know, But like I said, at that point, there's 1,200, 1,300 cards in the already being prepped and scanned and stuff. So, right. You know, it, you know. So, Bill can continue to, to jump my butt about that and uh, brag about the other cards that he did get the ink. Yeah, up until we ha- we will have the event this fall. We'll come up with a date and we'll announce it. So, um, John, we'll catch up with CR next w- on the next yep. podcast and everything. So, um, John, how can they get a hold of you? Um, at the aforementioned John at sketchmagazine.net or John at comicrelated.com. Bill, how can we find you? Um, they can go to comicsmentor.com. That's my website. Mm-hmm. If they want to write me uh, directly, it's comicsmentor at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm usually on the forum, the comic-related forum, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm usually lurking there somewhere, or I check in, you know, and uh, see if anybody's cool. see if anybody's posted anything about our podcast and you know other topics and stuff. And we have a lot of people there, you know, a lot of cool creators there. So check in to see what they do. Right. So. And join. It's easy to do. Yes, it is. And it's a great, great community over there. Um, we were very honored to be accepted and be able to move our Afterborn birds boards over there um, onto the CR boards. And uh, it's been a great, great union between us and them. Um, you can reach me at bobh at com, or at, you can reach all three of us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. And if you want to know how you really color a comic strip, Go to claysway.com today and uh, check it out. That looks really good, the by the way. The use of crayons, yes. And John that can tell really you well. about the weird looks that I received at the show that I was coloring that piece. So, appreciate it, guys. Take care. All right. Good night. See ya.